Welcome to Plato's Gravity, a homebrew podcast. This is Aaron. And I know Aaron's mother-in-law's Wi-Fi password. <laughs> it's on the wall. Which is off the wall? It, it is. If the off the wall question is, what is the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> I will sell it to the highest bidder, anyone who wants Aaron's mother-in-law's Wi-Fi password. So the Wi-Fi password <laughs> to my mother-in-law's Wi-Fi is on the wall because we are not at our studio. The power is out. So uh, I want to thanks uh, to our guest for making a, uh, a last-minute redirect to come to a new podcasting studio. Special thanks to Kelly for helping me set up the podcasting studio and pack it up. That's his mother-in-law's daughter. Also, we still haven't said your name. I'm Jason. That's Jason. Re- you want to hear a really boring story? I mean, can I get through the intro? I guess. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're very excited about our guest today. For the first time, we will be drinking beer on an interview episode that you can't find commercially available. Yet. Yet. Uh, Owen Key has spent the last half a year or so brewing up batch after batch in preparation for a new brewery that hopes to open in Logansport. Owen has a unique role. He is designing the core beers for Logansport Brewing Company, which is slated to open on May of 2019, but he plans to hand the day-to-day brewing off to someone else when the brewery launches. He has one of those core recipes for us to try here today. Owen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. All right, so which of the flagship beers have you uh, decided we should start the show with and name the show after? Uh, this is Devil's Dip IPA, named right. after a cool little spot up in Logansport. All right, uh, we can talk Devil's about that Dip later, with but... Owen Key? Yeah, is Devil's Dip. people go to make out? Uh, n- yes, and then <laughs> and then uh, potentially be slaughtered i mean and there's a nice oh. little haunted history oh, it's good right. for halloween coming up actually oh. too yeah uh, haunted history for halloween's Lord's not War. coming up it's today because oh. this podcast is going to air in the future we're actually recording it as you listen right now on october 31st not two weeks before that's <laughs> not true uh, the candy is not yet on clearance jason Oh, that's too bad. So, do you want to tell your boring story before we do these tasting notes or after? No. Well, I mean, the answer, if anyone ever says, do you want to hear a boring story, is no. No. All right. <laughs> perfect. Let's move on. So, uh, can, oh, and can you tell us, can you tell us, <coughs> oh, can you tell us a little bit about the beer we're drinking? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Devil's Dip. It is a red IPA, um, or at least I should say inspired by a red IPA. All right. Um. A specific red IPA or just by the concept? By this concept. By okay. more of the style guides. Um, what we wanted to do, uh, Brandon, the uh, president of Logan Sport Brewing Company, uh, when he came to me about making an uh, IPA that could be connected back to town, um, the theme of Devil's Dip came up. So we had a recipe um, already done before this that is very hot forward, you know, Citra, uh, Simcoe. A mosaic, all the you know traditional you know real IPA hops. Um, West Coast, bring it on! Yeah, you know, just in your face kind of thing. Um, well, we had the recipe, and then you know we wanted to bring in a red hue to it. Um, and I've never done a red IPA before, you know, so how do you do it with food coloring or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just go get some food coloring from Kroger, a couple of drops and it'll do you. Kroger, so it's your one stop home break. Shop. Yeah, that's it. It's all you need. Um, so this is actually the second, uh, grain bill focused, um, batch. Cause the way I like to develop a recipe, um, is to look at it in stages. Let's look at water. Let's look at hops. Let's look at yeast. Let's look at grain bill so this is the second batch of the grain bill where we're bringing in more um 
you know, Maris Otter opposed to just straight pale. Sure. We're bringing in some Caro 45. We're bringing in, um, I'm actually going to pull up the recipe and I can break it down for you. But uh, um, just to try to bring out some more of that red color and to really test how kind of malty we can make an IPA and still be balanced. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's what we have here. So this is this beer that we're drinking isn't going to be what the finished product tastes like. The finished product is going to add back some of those hops. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, that's that's kind of the the game plan right now. We've done a taste testing with this um, and didn't really go into detail for, at the taste testing. You know, we just said, hey, this is Devil's Dip. This is where it's at. And we we took that as a chance for feedback from actual drinkers to come sure. in and say, hey, what did they like about it? What didn't they like about it? Um, and then not really tell them that it's just a another step in the you know in the, in the, in process. the, in the process yeah because you're not gonna go from you know an idea to a finished product in one batch you know it's just yeah. not gonna happen this so. uh i gotta i'm i'm a little sad this isn't the final product because i quite like this um i actually like the i i wouldn't have expected this the uh this blend of hops mm-hmm. with that much maltiness to be as pleasing on my palate as it is mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really hard thing to do. Like, uh, Jason, uh, you just made a black IPA. Uh, a blue, uh, a blue uh, Love those. Love yeah. those. It's, yeah. it's very much not. There is only enough black as to hide the imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, sure that there's a metal song in there somewhere. I mean, there's got to be. <laughs> uh, note, uh, note to self. Is there a metal song that references deep bittered black malt? Deep, <laughs> to Could. hide the imperfections. Of my hopped up soul. What, what rhymes with dingamans? Bing, bing, bingamans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I feel like this has a really nice, sweet, caramelly flavor. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting. And I think what I'm excited to try the, the finished beer when you, you build the hops back up. Yeah. Because right now I feel like it definitely has. You can tell you've got hops in here for the, for mm-hmm. the bitterness, but there's really mm-hmm. not a lot of hop yeah. on the nose. Right. And it would be interesting to see how that plays but i i feel like it's it's an honest way to balance i feel like that tastes really good what are we what are we looking at when you're brewing these test batches Mm -hmm. uh what size are you brewing at i i my comfortable wheelhouse and this is what i brew at for just personal use i brew at 10 gallons okay um all grain 10 gallons um and uh so everything's from the initial recipe built at a 10 gallon spot okay and then, um, in the near future, we're going to be going to a Blickman one-barrel system um, All right. once the electrical is fully ran for that. So, that's the one uh, last kind of hurdle there. So, um, we're getting the batches down for since I'm brewing, you know, in my own personal setup at the 10-gallon size. Then mm-hmm. we're going to scale up, obviously, using Beersmith, you know. Sure. Um, I think everyone... Thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah. Brad is the guru. I mean, he's made my beer making so much easier you know i don't know what i would do without beersmith um personally uh, I, I think the new water edition stuff on three is beautiful oh, it's, it's beautiful fantastic. yeah um i like being able to you know i the first couple batches what we were doing is just using some tap water like that right. and without really making any adjustments to it because yeah. um without going off on too much of a tangent i think we we talked about it a little bit like what really is super super important to beer and what is really just kind of built up as uh super important um and water is huge you know what i mean but at the same time it's what are you working with and you know use tap water once in a while you know right right well, you never know if it's gonna it might actually just work yeah right. I, I mean i don't know if this is like 
just beer lore. I mean, but Boston Lager using Boston tap water. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's... Just, it, it might be true. It just, to me, seems like in a city that large, it's going to be... I just assume it has to... And no offense, Bostonians, or all offense, fuck you, Patriots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I Touché. just assume There's the jab. It's not even a... <laughs> I don't even care. He doesn't even about watch football. football. Uh, or at least it's good. good. I, but I'm assuming that, like, a city that size, the water's got to be kind of garbagey. It, just by virtue of, like, there are enough people pooping and peeing. Yeah. I mean, they have a water treatment system. They have a water treatment what? system, but that, like, you have to pump stuff in to get the poo poo pee pee. But, you, but <laughs> <laughs> technical terms. Uh, but, what scientists but, refer to as. <laughs> but I mean, like that's I mean, guess that's what they were built off, though, right? That's what right. he least says is, "Hey, Boston tap water." I mean, right. I've even heard. Once again, don't know if this is true, so please don't hold me to the coals or anything. But it's like, on recording. Um, good. <laughs> it has to be fact. Yeah, it is. But Sirens like, will... it, it'll explode. Yeah. But I've heard they've even replicated Boston tap water at their other brewing facilities. Oh, wow. if it uh, works, it works, right? Yeah. Like, can't argue that. Yeah, I mean, if it's good to drink, I I think I just started like fucking with my water, and the one thing I noticed, well, first of all, the first time I mess with my water, uh, I used my Weight Watcher scale, which Jason makes fun of me for. Like, I have a Weight Watcher scale from when I was used to be on Weight Watchers uh, a long time ago. Well, and it's it's not it's not. I don't make fun of you for the. I don't want to give the impression I'm making fun of you for using Weight Watchers. I'm making fun of you because of the scale sucks. Yeah, no, the scale <laughs> sucks. So, so what I learned later in experimentation was that the uh, although the scale is uh, is. Uh, like has units of single grams. Mm-hmm. The plus or minus value on the scale is like <laughs> four or five grams. That's a that's a little, a little bit of leeway. Yeah, a little bit of way, leeway. So the first time I put water stuff into my beer, um, uh, I maybe put three times too much water salts into my beer because that's the threshold that that the scale would would recognize a gram. How did it was. taste? Uh, it tasted fine. Okay, but the efficiency was like forty one percent. Um, Ouch! Uh, Ouch! We're we're used to getting like between sixty and seventy. Okay. However, next two beers, I used uh, volumetric measuring uh, and not uh, weight, not weight, mm. uh, which is typically worse unless you have a shit scale. Uh, and the efficiency was like seventy five percent. There you go. And the mash was shorter, so I didn't need to mash as long. The sugars got converted much quicker. So didn't have to squeeze the bag. We didn't have to oh, squeeze you guys the bag. Brew in the bag. We brew in a bag. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, okay. Um, the uh, so, so I think what's interesting about that is I, I feel like you can do stuff with water and it can uh-huh. make your brew days go better, but you don't have to. Right. Um, <laughs> hey, and part of the uh, part of the fun is trying to bring your time down, right? Like yeah, speed run I, that beer. Yeah, it's like when you get the uh, the printout from Google Maps and they tells you, hey, this is how not printout. It's not like ninety five anymore, but it's <laughs> not MapQuest. Map yeah, get, yeah. When you get your trip tip from you, AAA, yeah, but you but you know it says, hey, you're gonna make this trip in two hours, and you're like. Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, let's see how quick I can get there. Google you know? Maps is really good at predicting my travel times. I'm, I'm a slow driver. Mm. You're just consistent. Yeah, that's, 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 you're consistent. Lot, yeah. What's that? Uh, Google Maps. I think I poop a lot. So like, I'll bring down the time and then I'll stop and poop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why do I keep coming back to? I, the Jason, scarier thing is if Google okay? starts accounting for that. Like, yeah. if Google starts accounting for that, then that's when I get terrified. <laughs> yeah. If it's four the, hours, the little it lady is going to add two gas stations. <laughs> the little lady's like, there are no gas stations along the way. Oh Please. shit! Literally. Please. <laughs> 
Please pack alternate sources of toilet paper. Okay, this is God. All right, let's get back on. So, uh, what's interesting? So, um, I, I met you at Great Fermentations. Yes, uh, it was a Friday night club. You came in to buy some grain for this mm-hmm. project you're doing, mm-hmm. um, and then you started telling me a story, and I was like, "Oh, well, obviously, if you'll come on the show, please come mm-hmm. on our podcast." Yeah. Uh, this is a great story. How did this happen? How how did you become the pre brewer for for Logansport Brewing Company? Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a strange world. First off, I'll say it like that. It's a you know, mm. so I've been I've been homebrewing for roughly ten years. Uh, not very, not like consistently all the time. Mm. You know, seriously homebrewing for ten years, but at least started homebrewing about ten years ago. Um, I was working. Uh, I'm in the car business, and I was working at a dealership, and I made really good friends with one of the guys. And um, I had just did a large scale batch for my sister's wedding. Um, I did brown ale. And we had some surplus, you know. Okay. So I brought it into work and I said, hey, guys, you know, just appreciate it. Get some bottles back, but mm. drink some. Let me know what you think. Um, and uh, so he came back. He's like, man, I really, really like this. And I was like, oh, awesome. Nice. You know, I always like getting good responses or whatever. So that was that. Fast forward, you know, some time down the road, I get a, a call or text or something from Brandon, who is the president. Mm. And says, hey, you know, I'm mutual friends with Steven, All who right. is, uh, you know, we're bu- buddies with. And he was the who I gave the beer to. And he's like, you know, we're talking about ideas of what I want to do. And your name came up in conversation about making good beer. And, you know, I was kind of flattered. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. You know, so we start talking. And he tells me about the idea of what he wants to do. Mm. Um, we're both from a small town called Logan Sport. Um, Just a small town. Yeah, d- yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um Sorry, and, Catherine. No. <laughs> wrong, wrong singers. <laughs> uh, so he told me about what he wanted to accomplish. You know, he wanted to bring back culture to an area that's, you know, Logansport Brewing Company is from... Is that a yeast joke? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, back from 1889, there's been really good history through Logansport Brewing Company, Columbia City, KG Schmidt. Um, and, you know, when I was growing up in town, you know, all the factories were leaving and it was a town that was kind of on a slump. And so when Brandon came to me, he says, hey, look, we want to bring this back. We want to bring something back to this town. I mean, no matter how much you grow up and go away from your hometown, I think still to some degree, it's always your hometown. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, and so when he asked me to come on and do pilot development, I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. You know, let's run with it. Um and from there, it kind of just kind of snowballed into, you know, putting our ideas together as far as what he wants and the recipes. And then yeah. now we're on to our fourth, I think, our fourth taste for our new, you know, our new recipes. And so, yeah, it's exciting. So I think the story of this brewery is kind of interesting because you're using the name Logansport Brewing Company, mm-hmm. which is a brewery that pre-existed before. Yes. Um, so did Brandon have to... to purchase the the rights of that brewery or was it or was it how does that work no at, at that point i mean there was no there was no like um no trademark domain owner. still on it there was no domain and right. um so uh he's a historian buff i mean that's what he he loves and so the cool thing is he actually found the original brewing location with original fermentation vessels there i mean like it wow. was it was just so so cool um and uh found original notes and got i mean he was digging through newspapers and like talking to people in the community what and time, when did the original one close the so you have 
and its original entity. I don't know exactly the closing dates. You know, that'd be something I wish he was he was here for that because mm-hmm. he could tell you all about that. But check the shots. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get some more information uh, for you. But I know they went through three separate breweries at different periods of time. Okay. And um, I think the last one closed up somewhere probably in the. I want to say it was like the late um, late late. 30s late 40s okay, something like so, that so, so it's rather. been a minute yeah it's been a while it's right. definitely been a while do you um, want to say like different decades real quick so i can edit it cur- i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um late, late 60s 70s 40s. 80s 90s and today when was the 21st amendment uh I don't jesus know. christ we all are on a podcast about beer and i ask when the 21st amendment it's not was. i don't think it's unjustified yeah. i think it's a good question everyone looked at me like i was fucking insane <laughs> 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 to be fair i don't know it either but i feel like one of us i don't know 20 it's not 28 was it uh i'm not sure but i, I was where's 28 when prohibition had started uh, 1918? January 16th, 1919. Is when it ended? It was the 21st Amendment to the United States, which repealed the 18th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Oh, wow. Huh. I actually, apparently, in my mind, I thought that uh, the repeal was actually the instantiation. I was wrong. It's like that. Uh, the more oh, sorry. You... I, I got it wrong. I, I can't read. Okay. Um, the 18th <laughs> Amendment was January 16th, 1919. Oh, okay. I'm so baller. And the 21st, the 21st Amendment was ratified on December 5th, 1933. Okay. Oh, interesting. Uh. Oh, so they like tried to survive. It seems like if it was in the 30s. They probably tried to survive through Prohibition, which yeah. goes down, is the reason we didn't have microbreweries for so long anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they yeah. just couldn't outlast it. Oh, that's a, a bummer. I, I I'm gonna have to get you guys some really good information to put down in the show notes, yeah. you know, because there's some. They're, there's they're little, called they're called shots. Shots is it? Yeah. Shots. Hashtag shots. Okay, yeah. I will make sure I reference them properly from now on. Shots. <laughs> put sir. in the shots. <laughs> that's that's Jason's mandate. Uh, another we, Jason. Uh, Jason loves edict. To, edict. <laughs> Jason likes to coin words in the show, and I, I I'm a fan of it as well. Uh, so that that Be leads free. us into one of our one of our pretty common questions. Okay. Um, m- most of the people we talk to. Uh, about home brewing, get into home brewing because of somebody else. Yeah, right. So, uh, who was your brew ambassador? Um, hmm, that's I like that. I like that. Uh, I I didn't really have one particular person that um, was like already doing it, and so I wanted to do it. I I had fumbled around with it um, my later years in college or my mid years in college, and mm-hmm. uh, I think started on a Mister Beer kit. You know, nice. you do one of those and. Um, what percentage of homebrewers start with Mr. Beer? Man, sixty to seventy yeah, would be I, my guess. I think the the AHA just released a study that yeah. suggests less people uh, start uh, that really? way. Uh, uh, they find through through their research that more people are starting with all grain, but it, especially starting before starting with all grain. Yeah, I, straight damn. straight to all grain. Um, that's that's crazy. I mean, maybe oh. maybe it's because how much readily more readily available the information is today. It's re- it's ridiculous. oh that could be yeah. you know like and I know before the show we were talking about man I wish I could just do an extract because it was so yeah. much easier you know um but uh well we we talked about like doing extract to play with hops like there's oh, yeah, no yeah. reason to like spend time mashing if what you're really trying to do is understand the yeah. hops so it's very valid. I think sometimes extract gets a gets a bad name and even even i'll say it like with this you know with like disdain in my voice sometimes but i don't i don't mean it i think people people want to brew beer brew beer however you want yeah you know start with mr beer i think extracts have gotten way better i mean way way better you know mm-hmm. like um 
I remember the first, I mean, I think everyone starts with a kit, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it, it, I would be surprised even if the AHA came out and said, Hey, yeah, oh yeah. Everyone starts out with not kits, yeah. you know, <laughs> what? no way. Uh, I, I wouldn't believe it. Um, I think everyone starts with a kit of some sorts and, um, because the thing about the homebrewing world is it, it can be so overwhelming so quickly, you right. know, like, especially the first time you jump in. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question as far as ambassador, cause I'll get sidetracked and I apologize for that. Um, That's right, I, did it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really, I didn't really have one. I was, uh, I was working down in, I remember this though, I was working down in San Antonio. Uh, my wife was in the military, so we, we moved and, okay. um, I had this, uh, this boss I was working for, um, at a car dealership and, uh, I told him I wanted to, you know, really kind of get more into homebrewing. This would probably have been about eight years ago or so. Um, and, uh, he's like, Oh, well, we have this homebrewing shop, uh, mm. here in town. And I came from Logan sport, obviously not right. nearly anywhere a drop of water. You guys don't have your own homebrew shop? No. Yeah. We have 17 of them. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, it Bob, was yeah. Bob owns them all. Yeah. 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 Different rooms in his. Yeah. And so, mansion. <laughs> and so, so uh, we went over there on like a lunch hour. I walked in and I was like a kid in the candy store, you know, just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And had everything that I could, I mean, like, big, and that, that lit shiny the, kettle. Yeah, that okay. lit the flame right there. You know what I mean? Like I dabbled with it before then, but when I first saw that, that's when I was like, boom. So your first setup was propane. Uh, yeah, still, you yeah, know, propane. Um, propane accessories. <laughs> propane and oh, propane. Come on, come on, come on. It's propane and propane accessories. Like if you're gonna do oh, yeah. it, is Hank Hill right here? Come on, come on, come on. Did, whoa, Aaron, where did you go? So really, your brew, your brew ambassador was a collective of the homebrew shop employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if if there'd be one person that I would say was the crux of me getting into it was my boss who never even homebrewed. Oh wow. Yeah, he was like, yeah, we got this shop, and I was like, cool, we should go. Hopefully, just talking to get him at like let's get out of work for a little bit, trying to slack <laughs> off. Like that's what I was hoping for. And uh, it worked. He was like, yeah, you know, let's do do that. And I'm like, cool. So I thought it was cool that I was just getting out of work, with, you know, for a while. And uh, but no, we went over there and that's when it like the hobby got. It. So had he not said, yeah, let's go. I, I'm, I'm a homebody. I know me. I probably would have never went. I probably right. would have never went to the homebrew supply stop and stopped in there. I've been like, oh, yeah, that shop's over there. I need to go there. But I would never have went. Yeah. So. And now and now you're 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 brewing pilot beers for. Uh, an upcoming brewery. It's really an historical brewery, so yeah. you get to play with old recipes. I mean, I think that's a the really cool story how he has some recipes from the original brewery. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of notes, um, and so you, you kind of play like murder she wrote and try to figure it all out. Uh, Ooh, beer forensics sounds really fun. Yeah, like yeah. like difficult but fun. Yeah, know? yeah, and the thing the thing too about it, it's like is as strange as it is to imagine people brewing in the eighteen hundreds. It's brewing. It hasn't really changed that much. I mean, you're able to really, you know, you don't, you may not get the exact notes from way they did it, but right. you could look at plenty of notes from 1800 breweries. You know what I mean? And then you can only, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It's just kind of extrapolate and say, okay, well, if they're doing it this way, a majority of brewers, more than likely how it was being done here right. too. Um, one of the the weirdest ones is when you're seeing like the setups, like just how they were able to brew beer at that time period. Right. Um, it was crazy. So, what, like, uh, did they have notes on what they did for sana, sanitization? Um, uh, rolling boil. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, much about it. You know, shit. rolling well, boil and. 
Well, I think we had. I think it was our last guest on. Oh no, we had uh, uh, Jeremy Zimmerman who who wrote a book called Brew Beer Like a Yeti. He was our guest a couple episodes ago. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. And he he talks about how he doesn't use a lot of chemical sanitizer or doesn't use it all the time. Uses and soap occasionally. Uses soap, and yeah. his point is, hey, like people brew for centuries before we had chemicals. And yeah, they made beer. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, and then our next guest, Tyler Poling. So this is just a trip down history lane. <laughs> history lane. <laughs> Uh, Shout memory, out to, memory lane, uh, I think, is the Yeti normal. And, history and, lane and, sounds better, though. Yeah, it's, uh, so trip down history lane. It's a pinky uh, up podcast, remember? So yeah, it's a pinky up podcast. That's right. Um, remember to curl. Remember to curl. For those of you who don't have access to the raw edits, that doesn't make any sense. Um, Adam, I hope you enjoyed. Um, so, <laughs> the uh, uh, shit. So, uh, but Tyler, I, I think I agree with Tyler. Like, I have sanitizer. And occasionally, if I brew beer without sanitizer, I'll get an infection. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use a sanitizer. But I, I think it's cool that for centuries you didn't need to. And really, today you probably don't need to in most cases if you're clean and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, why not Why not take good, all the precautions? Good, good prep work will usually – I don't I don't have any wood around here. I've never had an infected batch in the yeah. 10 years I've been homebrewing. Knock on, uh, so, on vinyl car table that we set up in my mother-in-law's <laughs> bedroom. I mean, I think it comes down to like just common sense. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're, I mean, if you really think about it, what do you have to have clean? Really clean. Your carboys, your fermenting vessels. Yeah, yeah. those need to be clean. Basically, everything post post you know, boil needs to be cold side. Clean. You know, cold yeah. side needs to be taken care of. Yeah. If you're on hot side, I mean, if you're hot side, man, you don't. I, you're boiling everything. You know. If it if Aaron weren't around when I was when I'm brewing, if Aaron isn't around, like everything is just disgusting. Hot <laughs> side, <laughs> like I don't wash the spoons. I just everything's just going. This is like, oh, fine. we're gonna boil it. We're yeah, gonna, it's gonna it's boil anyway. Beer experimentation. I, I, I use I use star sand on the hot side, and I know that I don't need to, and I don't yeah. care. I just like it. I just PBW is, I, is well, yeah, for sure. For PBW sure. is all I use, and then that's about it. You know. Yeah. Um, there's actually I've been uh, using Brew Clean recently. It's a it's a no rinse. Uh, really? Cleaner, yeah. I have to take a look at that. There's um there's another one that I got when I got some spike kettles, um, alkaline brewery wash, something like that. I can't yeah. remember, but it's it's kind of like a brew, barkeeper's friend type thing. All right. Yeah. But it's so good. It's so awesome. You know, it's amazing putting that stuff in the dishwasher. Really? Oh, your glasses will come out sparkly. No rinse aid necessary. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to sh- I'm gonna have to use that it's then. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. what you're saying, given that I am my own dishwasher, do I just drink it? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Chase with bleach. No. On this Halloween episode of Plato's Gravity, Jason dies. <laughs> On the next episode, meet our new co-host. <laughs> just, you see how cavalier I am about this. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> so what is... so? so it, you're brewing these these pirate pilot batches. Yeah. You're going ten gallons at a time. Uh-huh. I have a couple questions specifically related to that. Okay. How much how much more often are you brewing now than you did before you started? Oh my this? god. Um, nine nine to one. I mean, like right. so much more. Like I would do, like when I was home brewing, if I did ten gallon, if I did ten batches a year, that was a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. That was a lot. So like once know? a month when the season is a good if, enough to if, if the things were, if the days were right and I didn't have stuff to do. And right. I, mean, I have a four-year-old now. So if, if, you know, if like if I had coverage for him, you yeah. know, like all these things change, right? So, I mean, if I did, if, if you would have asked me last year, 
hey, you're going to do, you know, 10 gallon, you know, 10 batches, you know, 10, 10 gallon batches throughout the year. I'd been like, oh yeah, that's a great brew year for me. You know, if I would have then said, hey, you're going to do six in the scope of like two weeks, you know, what, (laughs) you know, like six in two weeks, that's a lot. So, and you, you're doing this mostly on Sundays. Yeah. Mostly on Sundays. Tuesdays is another common brew day because that's usually my day off. Um, I'm probably going to be brewing tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow, so okay, nice. I'll probably be doing a brown ale tomorrow. Got to kind of see about that. Um, got a, you know, so it, it's it's been a lot of brewing in a short period of time, you know. So what does one do with 60 gallons of beer every two weeks? <laughs> um, it's, it's so, what we're doing now is we're doing a lot of taste tests. Sure. You know, um, getting the beer out there, getting it sampled. Mm-hmm. So right now what we're on is... Um, would be batch number five coming up, something like that. So we'll, we'll go through and make sure everything is taste tested, take the feedback. You know, the thing that's a little bit weird for me is I've never, um, went back, you know, I always use the same recipe and I'll tweak a little bit, but I've never tracked recipes this thoroughly. You know what I mean? I've never been like, okay, what, what kind of feedback or response was I getting? How was the, the head retention that I like the way that was that I right. like the way the color was that mm-hmm. I I mean like I was always you know you're you're you are your own worst critic as they say you know about your stuff but I was never like okay take consumer feedback put it back into my beer it was always right. my personal feedback like what do I want to do with it you know um and so now you're you know you take a by nature an individual thing for me at least since I don't brew with it, a lot of people uh, and then I'm taking other people's opinions and and tweaking it so um that's really been how we've been um, making these recipes happen and, and moving forward. Does, it, does that you feel like does that change the process at all or the way you feel about the process? It does. It it, cha- it changes. Not necessarily my brew day. My okay. brew day is hasn't really been changed. Post brew day, how I look at the beer, how I look at the finished product has definitely changed. Okay. Um, and then you got to think. You know, you're gonna have if. I guess the way I'm looking at it, and that could, this could be completely wrong, but if you have a hundred samples that come through, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to throw out the top 10% and throw out the bottom 10%. Right. Because there's going to be, you know, this is a, a trait that I learned in the, in the auto industry, but 10% are going to love it. Mm-hmm. 10% are going to hate it no matter what you can do. And I think if you look at that middle 80, as strange as that sounds, say, you know, yeah, middle 80. Yeah. That's going to give you your best constructive criticism. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna have the ten percent of fans or your friends that are coming out and saying, "Oh man, it was the it was the best," you know, or and then you're gonna have people that you know just like to. That's not PBR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's not you know Budweiser, and it, you know it's that was our we did a a wheat beer first, and that was kind of what we anticipated was, you know, take out the ten and ten, and then work on the eighty, and let that impact how we move the recipe forward how are you tracking that so we're actually when we do a a taste testing we will give out an actual um little survey Mm -hmm. you know what did you think about the overall beer what did you think its strongest characteristic was what did you think its weakest characteristic was you know um how did you like the flavor that's or that you know so let's say we're using it for the ipa sure did you feel that there was enough piney? Uh, did you feel there was enough citrus? Did you feel there was enough this or that or this? You know, and then from there we can say, okay, this is where we got to go. Okay. We actually had some pretty good responses to this exact way it was brewed here. Like yeah. you know, like 
way more than what I anticipated. I, I was way uh, underwhelmed with, like you were saying, Aaron, the 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 nose and you know yeah. the it just wasn't there. And so, but a lot of people that came through said, "Man, this is a really good you know balance." And um, so sometimes you get to a point where you're kind of you don't know where to go. You so know, I want to revisit this beer for a second again because yeah, I've been I've been drinking on it throughout the whole episode. Uh huh. I think I'm crazy because you told me what's in it. Yeah. But the more I drink this beer, the more the caramelly kind of smell for me turns into like a chocolatey kind of smell. Have uh-huh. you gotten any feedback about that? Yeah. Um, and you're actually probably the first one of the first ones. Um, there is a hint of chocolate in here. Mm. Just ever so much of a hint. Um, you mean like actual like cacao? Cacao. No, like chocolate malt. Oh, okay. Chocolate okay. malts. Um, a very, very small amount. Very small, but... Can I just talk about how disappointed I was when I realized... Like, when I first started brewing, I didn't realize malting just meant malted barley. Like, across the board. Like, it's all barley. Uh Uh-huh. And so when I saw chocolate malts, I thought that was different than, like, malted barley. I thought it was like... You're like, uh, they just left it in the oven longer and you were pissed off? Well, no, I thought it was like Whoppers. Like the candy. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I mean, I can't... And I was like, that's amazing. I could just throw candy in there. And then when I found out that it was just like really bitter, dark... (laughs) Jason, roasted. Homebrewers can do anything. You can do that. Well, sure, I'm not going to i mean i guess i did put bacon in a beer for the mash of wonder yeah, yeah. you put bacon actually in the he beer had, like he had to yeah. we rolled Into dice for our the, competition did you I, use it in secondary or I something secondary with bacon jerky huh how did it turn out i am a vegetarian it was it, it was <laughs> so, so he hasn't drank know. it um I, you know what is that i i think it's got a shot to win it, it really tastes, it yeah. tastes like but it's because it's weird like it tastes like or at least when it went into the bottle because i'm bottle conditioning it uh-huh. i guess it tasted like bacon it, or, it, it tastes like breakfast yeah. like it's a it, it's it's called breakfast of Camp champions ipa oh um, good brekkie dude and this is so th- this podcast will air after the judging which is coming up on october 30th so this podcast airs the day after judging um, the next barge for us complaining about how we lost. No, if one of us if one of us wins, we're gonna do an addendum to this episode. Oh, yeah, we'll just do like a quick, like pre quick hitter. Okay. Yeah. Um, if we if there's no quick hitter on this episode, <laughs> then listen to the next barge about how we lost. Um, but but I, because the judges will have already judged the beer when this thing goes live, I have to say like if you know how Jason made that beer, you would not let it win. Wait, why? Um, you had. Some funny like like it didn't hit its original gravity. It oh was, yeah, what did we find out? What did what did the ABV come out to be? Uh, it's I I honestly I didn't I didn't figure it out. It's, it was a one hundred five zero and it finished at one hundred one one. Yeah. So whatever that is, we'll look at that up at a break. Yeah. And then get back to you. That's probably like four and a half percent. I basically after brew day I stopped bringing my laptop, so I didn't have Beersmith with me. So <laughs> like I we started taking notes mm-hmm. uh to punch in later to figure yeah. out like what like with a pen on our yeah. on our hands. <laughs> um. We, we we dry hopped it, I think, a little longer than you wanted to. We split it into two batches. It just there were, there were how, lots long did, of, how long did you dry hop? Uh, seven days. Actually, I think we went like longer. Maybe nine days, I think. Yeah, like nine days because... It says seven on the thing I turned in. The That's fine. <laughs> the We went nine days because I we I just kept not wanting to transfer it. Yeah. Like I, I kept like, yeah, I don't know, life life happens. And I, I got a shout out to Vermonster. Send me free shit. Um... <laughs> I really like those for Monster one gallon per minute. Yeah, hell yeah. Especially like doing split batches like mm-hmm. this, where because I wanted to be able to taste the the base 
um, beer. And it's a decent, uh, it's a really hoppy black IPA. It's only as, it's not as black as it could be. But I also, I like, let's, let's be honest. I got like, I rolled DME. So like I got the easy button. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, so there's, well, you, well, you got the easy button. You didn't. We've talked about this on the show already, so we won't belabor it. But but you rolled Munich malt as your base malt, which you have to use at least fifty percent of, and that Ooh. is not so fermentable. No. So it was nice that you could add some DME to get your gravity up. But I think who would put who would put Munich as a base, like your primary? That's just evil. <laughs> that's yeah. that's evil to have Munich as a as your complete base. That's yeah, not... well, that's the I, I think part of the competition is a little bit evil. Like oh, somebody okay. rolled donuts. Oh my god! Uh, we should link to. Can we link to? The we can put Facebook pictures in post? the shows. Like that guy that the had shows. the the yeah. post for like him mashing. Yeah, he donuts. mashed, and he just he went for it. He just put like a fucking dozen donuts in the mash, like chocolate covered donuts in the mash. I, I'm, I'm looking Ooh, forward it's to tasting like it. a million percent alcohol. Speaking yeah. of speaking of chocolate, so there's a little bit of chocolatey note on this beer. Yeah, let's yeah. bring it back. Let's bring it back. Yeah. So we are. Um, we're going to take a, a little break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little more about kind of how brewing, the way uh, Owen is brewing kind of changes your process and what you learn. And then we're going to we're gonna move on to some uh, some other fun topics. We might talk a little board games. Owen is also an avid board gamer. Jason and I yes. love to play games. So we will uh, chat a little bit about that stuff after the break. All right, well, welcome back to Plato's Gravity. As promised, we have just a few more uh, uh, process notes, and really just one that I wanted to get to. So, your are Protes. That's not a thing. Um, Totes my Protes. Totes my Protes. <laughs> I'll go with Brubassiter and Shotes, but we're not going with Protes. It sounds, yeah. So, you've brewed so much, you're brewing with a different kind of feedback that you normally get. If you had to, like, whittle it down to, like, the one thing that you've learned or grown the most as, uh, with as a brewer, like, like w- w- how are you better now than you were when you before you started? Um, are you talking on uh, from just this particular? Just from when you started doing this brewing, yeah. The most important thing is that I've learned is not everybody is going to like your beer, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. Yeah. That's the toughest thing for me to learn that I've tried to take away and learn from this is everyone has a different palate. Everyone has a different wheelhouse of what their favorite beer is and what they expect when they drink a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't please everybody, no matter how much you want to do that. And the thing that I've taken away from it is if I can brew a beer that I'm happy with and take constructive criticism from people that are actual consumers that are paying for it mm. and take that opinion, bring it back into the beer again and actually take their voice and put it back into the beer and then send it back out and they say, yeah, this is really good. If I get that 10% of people that's not going to like it no matter what, okay. It doesn't, you know, that's fine. I'm not always going to make a beer that everyone 100% is going to love. And I was talking about this kind of topic with somebody uh, that's connected in the in the, in the brewing world, you know, about like awards, you know. Right. No matter how good something is, you can have an award-winning X, okay? Mm. There's going to be someone that's going to think it's trash. Right. It, you know. And sometimes it might be a judge. You know, and. If it should have won an award and it doesn't or. Yeah. It doesn't matter what walk of life they're in. Someone's going to think, man, it's just not good. And does it mean that that beer is bad? Absolutely not. It just means to that person, it's not their beer. And yeah. that's okay. Now, what's interesting is you're brewing all these beers and they definitely are your beers. Yeah. How hard is it going to be to turn that bad boy over? It's tough. It's tough. I mean, like, it's it's. It's really tough. I mean, 
I, I did my first major large scale batch for my sister's wedding. Um, yeah. Her husband is a huge Newcastle mm-hmm. Brown fan. Newcastle Brown. Yeah, he's he I've, loves. I've had that phase. Uh, he 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 loves it, and so he was like, "Hey, can you can you make this?" So I might pull out my, you know, I think I maybe mean, you guys don't have it or not, but it's like two hundred and clone recipes, and it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. a book of just nothing but clones. Um, so I grabbed that and I pulled that off the shelf, and I said, well, "That looks pretty easy," you know. Tweaked it a little bit. I can't ex- remember exactly what I did, but I did forty gallons uh, for the wedding. And uh, How that, did you, like, what, what did you do to scale up vessel wise? Like, you uh, just brewed four batches, or no? Like, pretty much, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, vessel wise, I didn't have the containers to do it, so it was like everything was in its own carboy. You know what I mean? So okay. I did four ten gallon batches because uh, wow. that's what my I could con- that's what I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I remember walking into my my man cave where everything was fermenting at and just seeing like stacks of carboys you know what i mean because you got eight carboys there filled with the same batch of beer you're like that's the most i've ever seen my own beer like right there and and so like i i remember before the show started talking about you i've always been apprehensive about when people drink my beer like it's just it's nerve-wracking to me and i I don't think that'll ever change but i mean she had her wedding um and the whole reception was drinking that's the only beer they had you know like it wasn't like they had another beer so like that's awesome i was do you want to talk about like really being nervous and so like i was the best man and so i'm you know like worried about doing the speech and i'm worried Mm -hmm. about that i'm worried about the beer is the beer good you know what i mean and so um but yeah, everyone liked it. And so, a quick, quick, quick question: How yeah. many times did you mention the beer in your best man speech? None. <laughs> Good like, man. None. Good man. It was weird because I was my sister's, I was my sister's best man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay. like, so I did the, you know, I did the the speech for her, and um, which you know was was cool because it was different and funky, and but yeah, I never mentioned the beer, and like it got out that I had done the beer. And then people had been were coming up, and I, I, it's just it's weird to hear praise, you know yeah. what I mean? And um, so. so, so what about turning the recipes over to whoever's going to brew them next? It's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough. Um, and then I'm sure, like, I don't know uh, what Brandon has in mind or what your guys' process is, but I hope as we grow our listenership that we might be some target audience. So. I feel yeah. like I'm asking for the listener more than anything uh-huh. else. Like, how can they get in touch with Brandon if they're interested? Uh, Facebook is definitely the easiest way. Uh, Logan Sport Brewing Company is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. Really interactive with social media. Sure. We do taste testings in Logan Sport at a local coffee shop called Black Dog Coffee. Um, okay. And uh, the guys there have been really, really awesome. So I want to say thank you to Scott uh, if he's listening. Hopefully, you're going to be listening to this show. Thanks, Scott. Uh, put some Black Dog in the coffee? Uh, in the I, <laughs> a little, no, maybe, I think they put Zeppelin in the coffee. And then, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, um, that and Legacy Outfitters is Scott's uh, where we kind of hold our. Um, our taste testings and he's been super awesome for us. We built a, we actually built a little keyser is how we're serving out of it now, you know? Um, so our next taste testing, we're probably going to have, you know, four, four taps of, of possible tastings of Sweet. what people can taste. Uh, yeah. Come out, see us at the, one of the tastings, reach out to us on Facebook. Mm, yeah. Um, be involved. Uh, the cool thing about that, I will say, um, we're doing a thing called the chief Logan club. Logan's sport was actually named after a Indian chief. It was Logan's 
Sport. So, okay. and it's just became Logan Sport mm. as one word. So, uh, Chief Logan Club, though, is actually going to be able to have behind the scenes tasting of beers as we create them. Um, nice, nice. In fact, uh, what brews are, uh, what beers are brewed. And also, uh, be able to just be part of the spirit of the company from a behind the scenes yeah. approach, which is kind of cool. I like I like the idea of it being town centric. Like I, I oh, remember, yeah. I want to say, I had a conversation with Dave from Sun King like way back in the day. Yeah, and one of the reasons they talked about not naming the company Sun King or not naming the company like Indianapolis Brewing Company was because they had the idea of they didn't want to be associated with the town. They just wanted to be able to. Yeah, like send stuff everywhere. We're the polar opposite. Yeah, <laughs> like the polar right. opposite of that. I more so. I love the idea of community centric breweries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fucking awesome. Well, I just just real quick to shout out on behalf of Sun King. They they aren't just Indianapolis focused, but they're mm. certainly a community centric brewery. They are mm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of being involved, they donate tons of beer. Oh yeah, the they're they're yeah. totally like. In, in a great way involved with Indianapolis. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think you could ask for more as a city of what you'd want out of, out of a brewery, out of, out you of know, brewery, yeah. um, you know, I know there's some other breweries in the state that aren't as connected with their, you know, not naming names or anything, a but there's a Chicago brewery that's in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny how I didn't even say imply anything and they, you know, <laughs> and they're my favorite brewery in the state. I'll mention, well, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll say it, but, uh, you know, they are, you know, back off Illinois. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ours. Yeah. No one wanted Munster before. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's the, it's the thought of being connected to a community. Like it's home for us. It's, yeah. um, you know, the thing about Indianapolis, it's, it's large and it's funky and eclectic and it's kind of like almost like a Northern Austin. If you guys have ever been to Austin, Texas in that, like kind of funky regard to it, which I really like about Indy. Yeah. Right. A great scene of music and, and all sorts of different beers and things, you know, but Logan doesn't have any of that. You know what I mean? Like the biggest employer, you know, I think it's like Walmart or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's, we just want to be able to bring something back to a town where it, where it means something, you know what I mean? And have culture and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it, it, it really creates like a, a, a good mission and a rallying cry. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be remiss uh, to not let you tell, tell us you're on the hook for eight beers. Eight. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight recipes. Beers. So, eight recipes. Yes. And I know some of them maybe aren't, aren't set yet, but what, what do you know is coming up for, for folks who are interested? Okay. The rundown of what we got um, as of now, we have Edelweiss, which is a wheat beer. Um, we have L Town Brown, which is a brown ale. We have Devil's Dip, which is a American red IPA, which, Delicious. Is, which is what we're drinking. Um, we then have um, a hazy IPA on the docket that's coming up. Nice. Um, these are still yet to be named. A cream ale. Uh, as, as well, a stout we have a Bach is on uh, is getting thrown around there as well. Johann Sebastian. And so yeah, the the last four, uh, I should say the last three, since the fifth is already kind of tied down permanently, are floating at this point. Okay. As to what we're going to officially do, we probably have six or eight different beers we've talked about doing. Sweet. Like so, it really kind of depends on what the direction we get from, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if I did four or five different batches, 
just to get down to the three. You right. know what I mean? And then do a tasting and say, okay, of these X. What, what, what are you coming back here to yeah. drink more of one of? Yeah, exactly. And are, are we talking like rotating these beers out? Like some of these are seasonal or these the like eight permanent taps? No, we're going to – he's going to start out with five permanent taps okay. of just our – just Logan's Fort Brewing Company, and then they're going to have three rotationals. Um, the way we initially talked about it were like brewmaster's choices. Mm-hmm. So whether that be me or the next person that comes in and takes over the brewing, we want the brewer to have an impact on what's on tap mm-hmm. and kind of have like a an artist showcase, you know. Yeah. So brewing at a barrel, it may only be a 15-gallon batch. Right. You know? Yeah. Come and get it. You know, yeah. we, uh, we're okay with, you know, having – low supply we're okay with having a hard to get product we're okay with with that approach because the one town and i don't want to sound like it's conceited or anything but we care about logan sport right and we want to take care of the town first and bring in a culture there and then if we get people from out of town great cool awesome but if we can give logan sport really good beer and produce enough to do that that's what we're really wanting to do you guys are starting with a one barrel system one barrel yeah yeah we're so there's going to be a lot of um you know the Kind of like the business model of if you've ever heard of any companies that like have you know like donut shops or something where they make X amount and they're sold out before they're even to close sign use flipped you know what I mean that yeah. kind of thing that's what we want Spooky. yeah um, that's what we want we want to be able to have a high demand product and you know if it sells out Great. that's good that's good for us yeah. you know what I mean that's good so let's let's switch gears a little bit we'll get into uh, uh, we want to get into some of our our segments I'm gonna let Jason think of his off the wall question a little bit while we ask our mailbag question mm. uh, this uh, is from at Emeth on Twitter I don't know at Emeth's real name uh, but she writes your take on how important slash necessary it is to drink bottled slash canned beer from a glass certain beers do need certain glasses but if it means not having to wash another glass I'll drink from the delivering vessel. Thanks. So it was more of like a, she answered the question for us? Where's mm-hmm. the, was there a question mark there? Yeah. Uh, your, your take on how important and necessary it is to drink beer from the specified glassware. Mm, still sounds like a period. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, I love that. Um, I love this question. It's, this is a fun uh, question. Hold, let me ask it again. Your take? There that, it is. There was a question mark. All right. There. All right. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's my fault. I'm sure Lameth said it right when she wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ooh, I'm going to let you guys go first. Uh, so I, I, we talked about this before the show. Yep. Uh, we, we tend to agree a little bit, but I, I think for me, I drink most of my beer out of tulip glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that if you drink out of a shaker pint that that's wrong. Um, a shint. I, I don't. A shint. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> um, Contractions. You can't just do it every time. Um. Challenge accepted. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I, I think the glassware absolutely matters, and I think it depends on where, when and where you're drinking the beer. Um, like, if you're a judge and you need to be smelling stuff or picking stuff out, you need a glass that, that's kind of bulbous in the bottom and tapers up towards the middle. Mm. Um, I, I think my favorite thing in the history of ever is when you serve a Pilsner in a in a, uh, in a stained glass. He's looking at a chart right I now. I am looking at a chart. You. It's a tall, skinny glass. I think Pivo Pils likes their uh, likes their Pilsner served in a very tall, skinny glass. And it's not like the Pilsner glass that like blows out and comes in. It's just like a tall cylinder. Like it's an oversized graduated cylinder that's just glassware, and it's mm-hmm. so pretty. It's like so fucking pretty. And if you like the way it looks, yes, drink it out of that glass. By the way, the stanges are hard to clean. Yeah. So, Lemeth, I'm with you. Like maybe the second one's coming out of the bottle. 
Let me let me ask you this: If you were blindfolded, could you tell a difference between a shaker pint and a stage? A stage. Stage. Uh, um, Just I, curious. Do you think you could? I don't like the no. visual of him like feeling up the glass. No, like I'm just allowed, I'm just behind I'm, your I'm back just, and someone's pouring it, it, it into your mouth. And, and presumably, we're not drinking out of the glass because I think the difference that you're getting yeah. from these glasses isn't in flavor; it's in it's in smell. Yes. So the question is: If you put a beer in a tulip glass and you only filled it about halfway full, so that the the, the beer would have a room, and then you let someone swirl it for me, since I can't obviously hold the glass, right? Yeah. Uh, would I be able to tell the difference? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to try that. Maybe there'll be a video coming up where we try to see if I can tell what kind of <laughs> tell glass, the glass it is. where it's in. Um, Ooh, blindfolded Aaron. Ooh. Uh, but Play but I think gravity. Yeah. After dark. I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I feel like for me, the aesthetic is important in beer. Yeah. Whether or not there's an actual sense, uh, sensible difference that's not just the the sense of your eyes. Right. Uh, you know, I think I I told you uh, this before. I've never had a beer, um, and this is going to be blasphemous to a lot. How are you on the of, show? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, and I know this, and I'm already okay with it. I've never had a beer where I'm sitting there thinking, "Man, if this was in a tulip glass, it'd be a great beer." You know, mm, like yeah, you know, like I'm not saying there's no point to them because I completely agree with what you said. Like, if you're a judge and you got to get the notes and you got to get the aromas, and yes, it makes sense. But if I think to answer her question, if you're just drinking out of a glass you know what i mean is it as paramount as what people is it as paramount as fermentation temperature or water profiles or things like that Hmm. absolutely not in my opinion but her question isn't actually comparing a stage and a tulip it's comparing a uh, a tulip and a bottle and i that's true i I would bet that i could tell the difference between the bottle yeah get it in a glass but here's the thing something if you're drinking on a saturday night and you want to drink your Goose Island, <laughs> we're not going to go into that right now. If you want to drink your dare, <laughs> if you want to drink your 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 Daredevil IPA out of the can of Cayman, fucking drink the Daredevil IPA out of the can. And like, yeah. if right. someone's like, "Oh, you need to put that in a glass," which I might have done in the past, and I apologize to those people. Like, just enjoy the beer. So, so this, uh, I, I think this. Uh, in some regards, does reiterate everything we've just said. So suck it. Let's hear it a third time. But it is it is situation. It is situational where studies do show that when you're in a better mood, the food you're eating, the things you're drinking, taste better. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be in a better mood if you're looking at something that's pretty. If you're smelling something that smells good. So if you're not already in a good mood, putting it in a glass uh, that really accentuates the beer, the way it looks, the bubbles, the shininess, the nose, that will put you in a better mood and it will make it taste better. So and how do you feel that's about... That's a fair argument that I wouldn't I wouldn't have considered. How, how do you feel about putting beer with really great artwork on the can in a glass? I See, that's the thing, is if the artwork makes you feel better, I think... Like, if you're looking, you're like, I love this artwork. Drink it out of the can, you're going to enjoy that beer. If you're hanging out with friends and you're having a good conversation and you're drinking straight out of the bottle that's a great beer right i I will say at the end of the at the end of the question she says the main reason her main motivation for not wanting to use the proper glassware is because she doesn't want to wash the glass and uh, by all means i i I feel like i'm willing to work for my beer but again (laughs) i think no uh, i don't need to be judgmental where are you tying your high horse up at uh, (laughs) uh, no that's good that's good bust bust me up no like because i feel like i'm I'm playing both sides of this argument i'm like yes glassware is very important this is a pinky up podcast (laughs) as we've already discussed like i am going to care about glassware and i'm not going to care that you care but i do care a little bit 
Yeah. But um, my only caveat is rinse between, even even if you're pouring the same beer, rinse between. Because yeah. that last little Oh, for the love of God, rinse, yeah, rinse, rinse, rinse your glass. glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if, if it's, I'm going to drink this beer, I'm going to pour this beer on top of this other beer, or I'm going to have it out of a bottle. Please have it out of a bottle. Yeah. I said I don't judge people for the way they drink their beer. But yeah, I, am I think, off I, think I think I have I'm like I'm like, yeah, the glass doesn't matter, but I'm over here thinking, you better wash that glass though. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, I, I feel like here's the thing. Let, let let's let's pull back. Drink beer however you want. But if you're gonna bring me beer, I have some I have some rules. <laughs> yeah. I'm I on the other hand am an out of the can, out of the bottle guy. I'm a, I don't want to do any dishes. I I hats off to you, I agree wholeheartedly, but if you ever if I ever catch you Using a straw for any beverage, <laughs> break your legs. I will break your everything. <laughs> your There's everything. no point. Jeez. Jason, uh, can you help us out with an off the wall question? Uh, yes, Hemi, grab me that password off the wall. I'm going to ask him what that password is. <laughs> <laughs> what's this? What's this del- delightfully punny password play on words that I just? Oh, motherfucker can see through it. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I was say that. That's pretty easy if you want me to just read it to you. Uh, all right. So on my... On my I think it's uh, 51CA87UYV793. Uh, it's a good job. That that, that's amazing. That's actually, amazing. Actually, uh, it's codified, so you're wrong. Actually, uh, you, have to, you have to add one to every letter. I'm, uh, just, I'm just kidding. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. So, so Aaron pulled this cipher. off the it's wall. Yeah. Um, and there's no tape on it. Oh, it's it's a post-it note, Jason. Uh, but it's a lined <laughs> post-it note. This is amazing. Things that go ooh. ooh. Yes, on the uh, show today, Jason is amazed by technology from the '80s. Hey, post-its, post-it lives matter. I mean that that yeah. the line post-it note that's important. That's that important. Imp- My mother-in-law's handwriting is impeccable. By the that way, is, that is that is penmanship is a thing of the past. Let's just put it that way. I, I mean. So my penmanship's this, terrible. This is a ridiculous story to tell on a beer podcast. When I was in fourth grade, I got a C <laughs> in penmanship, and my 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 mom took me to school like at the t- parent teacher conference, and she was like, "What are we gonna do about his penmanship?" And then my teacher was like, "Well, like, you know, in the new age of computers, he's not gonna need to write a lot, so I would just let it slide. He's gonna be typing most." She was furious. <laughs> she was furious. Thank you guys for indulging my side story about my childhood. Hey, so, so uh, I'm glad that like when I asked, I asked if I could tell a boring story and then didn't. I didn't ask. Kind- kindness. Falls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have time for your boring story. We are we are coming up on time, and I promised Owen that he could talk about games. So we're gonna talk about one game. What's your favorite game? Oh, can I, can you give me a genre first? Because that's um, too tough. Okay, let's do let's let's do it like this. What's your favorite board game mechanic? Okay. Oh, oof, God. Um, Mine's winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my Firestone. Okay, I can answer this one actually a little bit. My favorite board game is probably Arkham Horror. Okay. Favorite, right. Probably yeah. my favorite board game. Do I play it as much as I want to? No. Because it's like. Because you have a four year old. That and the fact that it's, it just takes so long. Right. Um, my favorite game that I've played recently, it's a tie between uh, Whitechapel and uh, Fury of Dracula, which okay. is two really great, you know, great games. Um, For those curious, there's a really good uh, shut up and sit down review of Fury of Dracula that I highly recommend. Oh, it's such a great game. Yeah. It's such a fun game. So fun. Um, but I play a lot of wargaming, a lot of okay. miniatures wargaming. I actually just played some Warhammer last night at my buddy's house. Okay. Um, but my favorite game is whatever's on the table. You know, um, I like yeah. it a lot. That that is, I just want to play. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if it's Ticket to Ride, Catan. I mean, I mean I'm not gonna nose up. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Catan, like Catan, is both my gateway game and my favorite game. 
Like, oh, yeah, it's I'm great. Not, I'm not too proud. I mean, we play lots of shit. We have 100 board games yeah. in the closet. I'm not too proud to just say that my favorite game is the first game that I fell in love with. But it's important. Yeah. It's like your first love. I mean, it never changes, you know? Like, I'm not still in love with Killian's Irish Red, which is, the first, <laughs> which is my first regular beer. That's true. That's true. But the thing about Catan is it is such a gateway game, you know? Like, you could teach it to anybody. It's a fun concept. And if you ask me what my favorite mechanic is, a fun... A, a simple mechanic that can be fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's a good rule for any game mechanic is if I have to ask, why is this mechanic in here? Right. It shouldn't be there. Like it should be a good mechanic should be just, it should be, it should be. Yeah. You know? my, my favorite attribute of a, of a board game is a board game where the rules are like three pages long. Yeah. But it's complex as shit when you start playing it. Yeah. Like yeah. that's my favorite game. Cause I really don't like, I, I like playing games. I, I kind of hate learning new games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's just, I mean, it's always. I mean, I still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the first time we play through a game, I usually, I usually hate it. Yeah, I, I like the new, uh, you know, the the new app-driven games. I think those are really cool. Um, oh, like uh, Imperial or like you know Mansions. One, mansions of Madness. Yeah. One night as a werewolf. Oh, <laughs> it's just well, it's ultimate a, it's a, werewolf. It's uh, ultimate werewolf, like that's app driven. Yeah, well, like the like you select which characters in the app. You select which characters you have in the game. It will okay. do. It will announce all the like wake up drunk. Which oh, is really? my favorite. Yeah, so you don't have to have like a game leader. Huh. When your app screams drunk, and we, we all wake we, up. We all realize this is just a skin on the game Mafia that we played with playing cards oh, at yeah. our retreats in high school, right? I, yeah, I yeah. actually really like hidden roll games like uh, Fury Dracula's Hidden Roll, yep, uh, yeah. Werewolf's Hidden Roll, uh, Secret Hitler. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do like social deception. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Did you guys play The Thing last year at Gen Con? Uh, uh, no. I, My I, God. I played it after it's that. It's so good. I don't think that we played it right because it was the worst. Really? Yeah. No, you must not have played it right. I we, guarantee you. We we, we played, um, we actually had a really good pickup game at the hotel at Gen Con last yeah. year. And I was like, we wanted to play. I didn't get a chance to play it earlier <laughs> in the day. And so my bunnies were like, well, if you can get a table, we'll play. So I had, it's my buddy's copy, my buddy Chris's copy. And I'm yeah. out in front, and you can only do this during Gen Con week, but I'm out in front of the hotel, like screaming at the top of my like, who wants to play the thing? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I love that the game is called The Thing. Yeah. And like people like, walk by and go, what are you playing? The Thing. The Thing. The <laughs> Thing. Uh, based on the horror movie, right? Yeah. You know what, yeah. You know what the thing is? The thing is, it's time to end the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Um, as we wrap up, I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to thank Owen. Owen, it's been a great time. I can't, every time you say thank, I, I think you're saying thing. Thank, thank. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It'll come out of your chest. I want to thing you. I want to yeah. thing you. I want to. I want to. weird. I want to thing Owen, and the thing is thank um, Owen for coming on the show. It's been a great thank fun. Thank you for having thank me. You for bringing, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing beer. Um, you can connect with Logansport Brewing Company. Uh, as Owen mentioned, they're doing they're doing tastings. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. You can check the shots to links to their pages, but shots, it's shots, pretty shots. It's pretty easy to find because they are Logansport Brewing Company. Because mm-hmm. you know that's a it's a real thing, and they do their jobs well. Um, if you like the show, um, what we'd like you to ask you to do this time it's a little bit different ask than before. We're starting to ramp up our social media game. I'm posting on Instagram every day. That's new. I used to just post when we released an episode. Uh, I'm going to start doing Friday Twitter polls. So if you like the show, uh, we'd love to have you engage on those Twitter polls. If we start getting enough response uh, to the Twitter polls, we'll start talking about those on the show. Uh, we love that we've had a couple questions uh, from our listeners, so keep those coming. 
Uh, you can find us on all the socials as well because we're also good at our jobs. We are at Plato's mm, Gravity. By us, he means Aaron. Aaron I, is quite I, good at I, I did it. I did <laughs> it. We're good at showing up and sounding uninformed. Yeah, it's 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 uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's realized it's a realized thing we got going. Yeah, yeah, I great. like it. It's balance. It's balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Untapped. Except we're really bad and behind on the Untapped. Sorry about that, guys. Ooh. We will see you guys next time. In the meantime. Start brewing beers that are going to become <laughs> recipes brew for them. brew. Start brewing beers for for a brewery that's coming up uh, and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs>